Did you enjoy the music this morning? Amen. My soul has been enriched by the music. And that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to bring us into the presence of the Lord and, uh, and to worship Him. And we've been uh, talking about that uh, in last Sunday about our worship. And Ernie, I want to just say thank you for picking the songs that we did this morning. I sense a great uh, aspect in those songs of exalting our Lord. Amen. And so as we get into now this uh, continuation of how to pray, we said last week uh, to the disciples, uh, teach us how to pray. And uh, we find the what we call the Our Father prayer or the model prayer. And in this prayer, there are some wonderful things. And I have decided to break it into two parts. All right, I uh, don't want to rush through this. Now, I am a person that I like to rush through things. If anybody knows me, you know that I am a destination person. I like to get from one point to the next point. You can ask my children when we traveled uh, from here to wherever. I didn't care whether they had kidney failure or whatever. I wanted to get to my destination. Oftentimes when I wake up in the morning, I want to get done. I, I am a person who likes to accomplish things. I don't like to leisurely go through things. I do believe that that is why God has allowed, though, our building project to take three years. Because God is about the journey, not just the destination. Now, the destination is important. Would you not agree with me? Where are you going to spend eternity? Is that an important question? The right answer is very important. And I love what Bruce and Janie just saying, come to the cross. You know, why wouldn't we want to come to the cross and let God forgive us of all of our sins and give us eternal life? To know where my destination is on eternity is very, very important. I got saved 40 Six years ago, I didn't die at age 15. I'm still alive. And so for the past 46 years, it has been about a destination. Now, you want to be going in the right direction. Amen to that. But God is about the journey as well. And so he gives us principles in his word to live the journey properly and rightly. And when it comes to prayer, we need to have the right concept of prayer. And rushing through this, God just arrested my soul on Wednesday when I was preparing this. And I was going to give you all seven of the requests that were made there in the Lord's Prayer. And God says, stop. If you don't get the first three right, and you just rush in to getting what you want, you're going to miss the boat. And God has been impressing upon my heart and even in my prayer life, especially in my prayer life, and I don't know about you, but this aspect of coming into his presence and this aspect of worship and what it means. And too often we are about give me, give me, give me, give me. Can you imagine if I come and I, I want to be close to Nathan and, and so I sit down and he thinks that I'm just his friend. And so I sit down with Pastor Nathan and, and we're striking up a conversation. I said, hey, Pastor Nathan, you got a $20 bill? You don't? Well, I'm not going to sit next to you any longer. I bet you Bob's got a $20 bill and I come up to Bob and I, can you imagine what kind of relationship that is? Is if I just want, hey, will you, uh, will you do this for me? And how about this and that? And oftentimes that's the way we approach prayer. Now, last week, we saw how God is a God who answers the big prayers and the little prayers. Do you remember that? We talked about last week about the story of the young prophet that lost the axe head. You remember that? And how that God answered that little prayer. And I told you about my clock. And how many times do we come to God in, in, in the, the little things and we just say, Lord, uh, could you help us with this? Uh, this morning, my wife was all distraught. She had lost the little O-ring to her coffee mug. 
Doesn't that make your heart just weep? And I come in and I can tell this meant a lot to her. You know, and of course, to me, we'll just get another one or whatever. But she's really distraught. She says, I've searched the kitchen. I've looked all over. I've searched the floor and everything else. And I've looked in the garbage disposal and all this. And, and I says, well, does it leak or not? And she put it together and it didn't leak. And when she closed it, when she opened it and she drank out of it, she says it drinks different. Now, I realized how important that little O-ring is to my wife. I said, Lord, would you help us to find it? Now, that what's that, 25-cent piece? Costs $5 to have it shipped to you, though. <laughs> so I was thinking how I could fabricate one. I said, Lord, would you help us? I said, honey, search the garbage disposal one more time. Guess where it was? In the garbage disposal. You know, sometimes you have to just come to the Lord again and again, whatever it might be. Uh, we talked uh, last week about that amazing answer to prayer to the uh, entrance to the, the, uh, the property. You all remember that and everything. But there are things that keep coming up time and time again. Now, now they're saying, uh, Gary, I think you probably read about this. The road that goes into our property now is going to have to have sidewalks and gutters on both sides. And so we're praying for our developer that the Lord might relieve that, that aspect. But, you know, sometimes God allows you to have the difficulties in your life, to be a part of your life, because he has other ways to show himself strong. Would you not agree with that? You know, I told you about my clock and how I took the pendulum off and it went tick, 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 started working. Guess what? I have another clock that broke. And I went in there and I went, it didn't even go, it went, and it's today going, and that's it. So, you know, as we come to the Lord, the importance is that we believe that there's a God of prayer. But this adoration and prayer and what we would call even this invocation, how important these things are for us to, to focus on it. And I, I tell you what, our missionary this morning, he did a marvelous job in Sunday school. He preached the message, Pastor. I mean, he preached the message, didn't he? He had to take his coat off. He was sweating up there and everything. And, man, we're sitting in there just soaking in. He preached on uh, Solomon when the two harlots had the baby that was uh, the baby that died and everything and he talked about a mother's love or parental love and so when we come to this our father which art in heaven we have to understand we have a god who loves us amen to that and i'm so thankful for that our father now the only way he can be your father is to accept jesus christ as your savior understand that you must be born into his family so as he, he gives this, what we would call the invocation, is that the right way to say it? The invocation. And oftentimes when you come into the presence of Jehovah, there's that invocation. And what we're going to find is these first three are dealing with the glory of God and the deity of God. It's interesting as you get into uh, the book of Jude, it's what you would call the, the benediction. And I've been in prayer meetings and prayer times where they've used this at the end of prayers. And it says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Amen. And to present you what? Faultless before uh, the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. And all God's people said. Amen. Now, it seems like this kind of praying is missing. And the kind that I demonstrated in trying to get close to my friend or my father or whatever it is, it is a self-centered prayer. And yet in God's example, the Lord teaching His disciples to pray, He is about understanding who God is and coming into His presence. And that has arrested my 
attention. I want you to turn, if you would, uh, real quickly to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And I hope that this morning God will arrest your attention as mine. I will have to admit that God has not changed me to the degree that I believe He wants to change me. But as I preach this morning and His Word is brought forth to all of us, may God help us to change in the way that He wants us to change. Here in James chapter 4, and listen, if you got uh, follow along with me, I didn't put these verses up on the screen. It says, from whence comes wars and fighting among you. Now, James is talking to those in church. Why do people fight in church? Why do people fight, period? Come there not hence even of your what? Lust. Your desires, my cravings, what I want, what I want to accomplish, even of your lust, that war in your members. They can war inside of you as well, but amongst each other. Ye lust and you have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because you what? Ask not. And oftentimes we're trying to consume things upon our own lust. Verse 3, though, is an interesting verse. He, he says, you ask, when you ask, when that time takes place, you receive not because you ask what? Amiss, wrongly, that you may consume it upon your lust. Listen to what he says here. You adulterers and adulteresses. How many would say that's strong language? I see your hands. He's saying that when we pray and asking it just for ourselves, that we're like adulteresses. That's very strong language. I don't know about you, but I've taken my purity to my wife very seriously. What I need to do is I need to make sure that I take my purity to before my Lord very seriously. And how I address my prayers. Know ye not that the friendship of this world is good or bad? Bad. <laughs> Enmity or at odds or an enemy with God. So if we're trying to be a friend of this world and we're trying to live as if this world is our home, whosoever though will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? Why do we have these cravings? Why do we have these desires? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resist the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Can I just say verse 8 there is what we're going to try to accomplish this morning in this aspect of prayer. And that is drawing nigh to God not to get a $20 bill. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. Boy, that's some good preaching right there in that passage. And I'd love to spend more time. But I got a whole bunch of passages to go over this morning. Start our prayers being concerned about God and His honor and His glory. Seek Him first in these Aspects of our prayer. Prayer is a mighty instrument, not for getting man's will done in heaven, but for getting God's will done on earth. And there he says in this Lord's Prayer, after this manner, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom will come. Thy will be done as it is in heaven done on earth as it is in heaven. So our Father, as we get into this aspect of, of prayer, 
and, uh, and, and the idea of, let's see what we got here. Something's bouncing. I must be bouncing off your head there, uh, Brother Lucas. I'm not sure. But uh, anyways, oftentimes when we talk about worship, uh, today it seems like almost dancing with Jesus. Isn't that uh, what it appears to be? And some of the music and things like that. And as I said last week, this aspect of worship is the idea of bowing the knee and coming and surrendering ourselves. The worth that's creating worth to our Lord. And so as we look at these things, he says, our Father. And so we get into worship this morning. We want to talk about this aspect of worship. Hallowed be thy Name. The word hallowed there comes from the word holiness. It comes from which we get our word sanctification or set apart. God is separate from mankind in that God is, is, is holy and pure. And it's talking about His attributes. Uh, I like every day to, uh, to uh, take in my prayer journal. This is a part of my prayer journal uh, on the attributes of God. It reminds me of it. And sometimes I rush through it. And, and, and that's not very important to just rush through how we pray about these things. Sometimes we think, you know, I've got to get through these prayer requests because I've got more important things to do. Now, this is uh, weary and worn here, but it does not represent the one who uh, these attributes describe. He is not weary or worn. Uh, it talks about his omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence, his holiness, his love, his sovereignty, his immutability, his faithfulness, his patience, his grace, his mercies. And I'm reminded of who he is when I come into his presence. It's at the very beginning of my prayer. We need to stop and understand who we are praying to. Amen. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed. Be thy name. We, we talked about this a little bit last time also about his name and what it represents. And that is the attributes. Uh, Jehovah, Yahweh, the great I am, the beginning and the end. Uh, Adonai is the word Lord in the New Testament. Uh, Moses, when he came before the presence of the Lord or he was there at the burning bush. Do you remember what God told Moses to do there as he came into the presence of the Lord? Take off your shoes, for the ground you stand on is holy ground. Do you know the holiness of God is being lost today? And so again, I want to focus on this. And we gave these verses, some of these verses last, last uh, week. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. What His name represents in His character and His, his attributes and His nature. Uh, give the glory unto His name. Being, uh, bring an offering and come before Him in worship and worship the Lord, worship the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. When you see that in the Bible, that is Yahweh, Jehovah, the I am that I am in the beauty of holiness. Now, this morning I decided to do just a little uh, uh, review on this word beauty and I discovered that the word beauty, actually, when it's in this, this passage and a few other passages, it has the idea of glory. And when we use that word glory, because we talk about this often to bring glory to the Lord, it means to reflect who God is. Let me ask you something. Is that a beauty in and of itself? To reflect who God is. Now, there is another word for beauty, which uh, there can be vain beauty. What would you think would be vain beauty? Reflecting who you are or fake, trying to be something else. You know, the beauty that God is talking about here should be the beauty which is, can be in all of us as the temple of the living God. And that is the beauty of the Lord being reflected out of our life in the qualities and characteristics and the conduct of our life. This kind of beauty doesn't have anything to do with how big your nose is. Or how much mascara or stuff that you have to put on. Right? You know, sometimes, ladies, we spend a lot of time 
putting on what is we would consider beauty, but the beauty of a real beautiful person is the beauty of their soul, knowing Jesus Christ and letting him reflect out. By the way, you can look into a person's eyes and you can see into their soul. I have always taught this that the um, after I got saved and understood this, that the window of the soul is in the eyes. May God's love be reflected out into our lives. And by the way, this word, it says, uh, uh, hallowed be thy name. The word hallowed, actually, Pastor Nathan, is a verb. It's a verb. And it's actually a passive verb. And the idea there is when we go into the passive verbs is that this hallowedness of the name of who God is ought to be influencing us so that we live out His holiness. Doesn't God say, be ye holy? For I am holy. All right? So this beauty of holiness, and there's other verses. Second Chronicles 20, verse 21. This is, this is a passage that is so amazing. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible where uh, I think it was Jehoshaphat, and they were facing the, the enemy, and there was a whole bunch of them. And if you were to read there in Second Chronicles 20, uh, God tells them, you know, and they were, they were afraid. And let me just say this. Oftentimes, there are situations that come up in our lives that brings fear, and that's a natural response. Would you not agree? But when we gain ownership of who God is, guess what happens to fear? It diminishes. It goes away. And here in this passage, uh, God says, stand still and see the salvation. This battle is not yours. This battle is mine. And so as they go out to battle against the enemies, guess who they put on the front line? The choir. Donna. Darlene. Maybe that's why people don't join the choir today, you think? (laughs) They put the choir on the front line against over a hundred thousand soldiers. This is how they went out, because they reflected God. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I imagine those soldiers had never seen an army coming at them like the one that Israel put together by the hands of God. But you read the conclusion of that story and God defeated the enemy. God inhabits the praise of his people. May God help us to understand that we need to be into his Praise and exalting Him of who He is and reflecting Him of who He is. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Got it? Well, maybe you didn't quite get it. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before Him all the earth. Got it? Okay, you're getting it. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Oh, I'm telling you, we have a great and wonderful God. He talks about the fear there. The fear is a reverential, a heartfelt submission. That we're willing to submit our hearts and do whatever God wants us to do. In, uh, in the message this morning that the preacher brought in Sunday school, he talked about... Uh, um, Oh, I wrote it down. Let's see if I, if I got it up here. He talked about pure love and pretending love. Pure love and pretending love. That was a powerful truth. Wasn't that, Brother George? Powerful truth. And First John says, If you say that you love me and you do not obey me, you what? Lie and do not the truth. You know, God wants us to worship Him. And what does the word worship? It means to bow down, to surrender, 
to do what he asks us to do. Let him be the king of kings and the Lord of glory in our lives. Oops, what do we got back here? We missed one verse. Oh, yes, to reflect the Lord who he is, O righteous Father. This is the high priestly prayer. The world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name. And will declare it, that the love wherein thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. May God help us to understand that God lives in us and he wants us to declare this world who God is. Uh, some of you maybe heard me mention on Wednesday night I had the opportunity to go to our school board here and to talk about the transgender bathrooms. Little do these folks realize what an insult it is to God for us to change our sexual identity which has been given to us as a gift from God. Just like, by the way, skin color is the color and the gift that God has given to us, and that is a gift from God. Amen to that? Do we understand this? For people to want to change, people are not happy with where they are. And by the way, do you know, as I was reading some statistics, that in the transgender community, which makes up about 0.03%, 0.03% that in that culture they have 20 times the number of suicides than others. And yet we're wanting our children to understand that this is a normal kind of life and making our bathrooms open to those kinds of choices. May God help us with understanding what we are doing to our culture when we violate what God has done. And I was aghast. I was aghast by the responses of our board members, except for one who stood up and voted against it. All of them voted to open our bathrooms in our elementary schools, junior highs, and high schools to the bathroom of sexual choice. And their arguments for it was just plain ludicrous. May God help us with these things. Psalm 34, uh, 1 through 9. And I've got these verses up here and I'll read these along. Uh, This world needs to see this. And this, by the way, is a part of the scriptures that talks about David after he had had the encounter with Agash. And uh, when I went back and I looked at what was happening, and uh, King, uh, uh, not King David, but David was fleeing from Saul and he went to Agash and his... uh, his uh, Agash's advisor says, isn't this David who they sing about has slain his ten thousands? And the Bible says that David was sore afraid. Do you know what being sore afraid means? It means being sore afraid. <laughs> Terrified. He was terrified. And this is the psalm that he wrote after that situation. And can I say, so many things come up in our lives and it causes us to forget who God is. May we never forget who God is. That's why God calls worry a sin and being anxious a sin. Would you not agree? Because it's forgetting who God is. But that first response, being sore afraid. But I will lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. May God get our eyes off of the struggles and the difficulties and put them back on the Lord. I'm afraid that today we are not in a good habit of doing that or we don't have the right view of who God is. Listen to what it says. This is one of my memory verses this this year. I will bless the Lord. Do you know what it means to bless the Lord? If if I come to Joe here and I and, and I want to be a blessing to him, there would be certain aspects of things that I could do that would be a blessing 
to Him. People have come to me and they've done little things or written a little email or said a kind word or maybe did something like that. And it was a blessing to me. How can we be a blessing to God? Notice what it says. I will bless the Lord at what? All times. All times. How? How? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. How many here could say his praise is continually in my mouth? I wanted to be that way. But I complain. I become critical. I talk about so many things other than the goodness of the Lord. To be a blessing to God, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Look at what God has done. You know, we put out here, as you come into our church out here, it says on that little placard on the the wall there, what does it say? To God be the glory. Guess what we want to put over at the new property? Placard, great things he hath done. My soul shall make her boast. And Lord, can you imagine the selfishness or the, the, the what's going on today about people standing up and giving glory to themselves? I mean, that's much of what's taking place today. Are we teaching our children to say, you know, God's given me the ability to win the spelling bee. That's why I love when football players, after they score a touchdown, they point their finger to the Lord and they give God the glory. Great things he had done. So here, I will bless the Lord. How? His praise shall continue to be mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Then it says, Here's David coming back from Agash. And he's, he's, he's come to realize who God is. He was the, the, the one that was a man after God's own heart. And he, he talks about this and he says then, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. What does it mean to magnify? Yeah, exactly. Let's make God big. Amen. Is he big? He's big, all right, he sure is. And let us exalt his name together. Guess what we did this morning in our worship service? Exalting and magnifying the Lord and the unity that he brings out there. He he says, listen to this, because remember again, David's running. Now he's going to give you what changed his heart. He says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened. In other words, when you look to the Lord, your face becomes bright in gladness. And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord, which we believe is probably the Lord Jesus Christ, encamped around about them that fear him. See, there's a difference between fearing them and fearing him. And he delivered them. Then he gives another admonition. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't just nibble on the Lord. Take a good dose of who God is. Blessed is the man that, what? Trust him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye saints. For there is no want to them that fear Him. Oh, thank the Lord for that. Another verse of mine this year. Psalm 105, verses 1 through 5. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk ye of all His wondrous works. 
Glory in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. Remember His marvelous works that He had done. His wonders and the judgments of His mouth. Amen. And amen. Boy, there's a lot of wonderful verses here. I've tried to make many of these uh, verses to memorize and to put them in my heart because I don't want just to have them uh, as, uh, as an extension. I want them to become and have ownership of these verses. May God help us with uh, all of these. Because we are living in a world, as I've already said, our courts oppose the righteous and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone. And anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looks and was displeased to find there was no justice. It displeases the Lord. What's going on today? But I want to ask the question, am I pleasing the Lord with the conduct of my life? We magnify the Lord with our words, with our attire, with our music, with our friends, with our conduct, with our attitude, with the idea of telling other people about how great our God is and sharing our faith. For he says, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Now, there are three aspects of his kingdom. Yes, uh, we understand that when man sinned, he gave up dominion of this world. And now there's a prince of this world and his name is Satan. But understand that the king of kings is still always the king of kings and he can do whatever he chooses to do. But he did not come to set up his kingdom the first time, but he demonstrates here. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. In other words, he was telling his disciples, the kingdom of God has come. But we understand that the kingdom of God now lives in our hearts. Is that not right? In other words, this world is filled with the things that are going on. And I was asking myself about how people deal with the, the morality today. And they're not understanding this morality today. Because the Bible says that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And you lose your moral compass and you make yourself God. And deciding on what you want to accomplish, that's what's in this world. It's going to be a part of this world. But God's kingdom's in our hearts. Amen to that. Here in uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us unto the kingdom of his dear son? Who's done that? God has, hasn't he? I have been brought now into the kingdom of God. And I believe there are, there are two aspects, or, uh, however, maybe the, all three aspects here when he says, thy kingdom come. In other words, God came. He did not establish his earthly kingdom. That's coming down, down the road. But he's establishing his kingdom in our hearts. And we have been translated. We have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness. And we have been put in to the kingdom of light. And praise the Lord. For that, I am so thankful that I have been put in to the kingdom of light. But this world needs to see that. Are they? Are we still acting as if we're in slavery or bondage or acting in ways that dishonor the Lord? By the way, should we take the temple of a holy God and give it to prostitutes? God lives in our hearts. And when we gain ownership of that and who God is, it should transcend into the way we live, the way we speak, the way we sing. Folks, get it this morning. Get it, preacher. Get it that we're coming for a holy God and we're on the right team. Amen to that. I was reading in my devotions, Pastor Nathan, this morning. I'm in the book of Nehemiah. Some of you are going to be getting there in your, your journeys uh, through the Bible. And, I'm, and some of you might be past that or everything. But I'm in Nehemiah. with was 6, 7, and 8 this morning. And it was fascinating. You know the story of Nehemiah coming, rebuilding the walls. The walls were done because the people had a mind to work. You know, you can get tired after you've worked. Would you understand? Did, did the Israelite get tired in their work also for what they were doing? In fact, they wanted to quit. They wanted to go home. They had enemies out there. They had roads to deal with. They, they had entrances to deal with. They had all city. Whatever it might be, there's things that we deal with. 
And this is maybe an aspect that we have missed in the book of Nehemiah. But what's so important in leadership and what's so important in this church, and that is to understand why we're doing what we're doing and understand who we're doing it for and understand we have His hands upon our lives. And when we see things accomplished, we give Him the praise and the glory. Amen to that? Nehemiah chapter 8, though. Ezra stood on the platform. And this is, this is something I will hope that we will all remember. I was talking to a man. They built a church. It was over a $3 million church up in um, someplace <laughs> up north. Timberline Baptist, uh, wherever that is. It's up in Timberline someplace. Uh, and anyways, he says, you know what? He says, you know, after we got into the building, he says, the first year we went flat. We were so engaged in the building project and all that took to get that done, we went flat. Do you know what happened after the building project? There is they had revival. You know how they had revival? Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, guess what book that is? It's the Bible. They all, what did they do? They rose to their feet. You can imagine these people who had been in captivity for 70 years and had come back and there wasn't a whole bunch of them that had come back. And they come back and they built the temple and they built the walls around Jerusalem. And now they're coming and they're bringing in God's Word and being delivered from captivity. They understood where they were. And they rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen! Amen! By the way, it's not wrong to say Amen in church. Amen? Amen. Oh, good. Keep working on it. It's like I have to prime the pump sometimes. As they lifted their hands. Is there anything wrong with lifting your hands? Nothing wrong with lifting. When you understand who He is. And oftentimes, notice here what it says. And they bowed down. Catch this. This maybe is what's missing today. They bowed down and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They got down and they stood up with the word of God and they thanked the Lord. Then they got down as if they were to kiss the ground of which God had given to them. Interesting here. I was reading on a little bit further. And uh, in chapter 10, I believe it was, as they go through this revival and this reform, there was, there was some mourning and there was some weeping because they realized what they had done, why they were brought into captivity, but yet they saw the, the deliverance of the Lord. And, 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 and uh, Nehemiah says, it was either Nehemiah or Ezra said, he says, listen, this is a day to rejoice. And it's a marvelous verse in Nehemiah chapter 10. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so in this revival, yes, we see the holiness of God and the thanksgiving and the praise of God. And we see them rejoicing. And then in the next chapter, we see them confessing their sins even as they had gotten into this new building. And so as we continue on in this aspect of worship, may God help us because we want His will to be done and not our will. Right or wrong? We want His will. He says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. We should be concerned about souls. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We have no right to ask God for anything that will dishonor His name, delay His kingdom, or disturb His will. Rushing into the presence of the Lord with urgency. So often we come asking for our things. And we fail to realize that we are coming into the presence of a holy God. Can I challenge you as God has been challenging my heart? We need to remember who we're talking to. Yes, He's our Father if you've been saved. And yes, He has a holy name. I don't want to make light of who God is.
Father, I pray that you will just work now as we finish up this, this, this aspect of the, the worship and the holiness and understanding these, these things. And, and truly, as we saw in James, we ask amiss, trying to consume it upon our own lust, rather than thy will be done. Too often we want to alleviate our struggles and our problems, and, and, and sometimes people get, get uh, disjointed in their worship of who you are. I want to thank you, Lord, as you helped Ernie pick the music this morning and the verses and we sang these things this morning and we talked about these things. We believe you were exalted today. Lord, we need to understand that how we bless you is by our praise as we talk about these things, as we share our wonderful God with others. And Father, that we don't live as if we're in defeat, but we are on the winning team. And we need to share our faith with others so they can see the glory of the Lord, the beauty of holiness. In a moment, we're going to sing, How Big Is God? We're going to sing that in a moment. How big is God to you? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. May that capture our soul more than all the complications that we have in our lives. He's big enough to put the universe in place. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that we will exalt you. Help us not to lose sight of what worship is. Help us not to lose sight of, of your hallowed name. Help us not to lose sight of this kingdom that has come into our soul. And we have been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness. And Lord, just that aspect should cause us to rejoice. We, are, we no longer belong to the devil. And we can thank you so much that we've not bought in to the mindset of the world. And we're not living for our worldly pleasures. We get to live for you. Oh God, peel the layers of the onion off of our lives that still reflect ourselves when we're so self-centered. We make decisions today based on our own desires and wants rather than seeking your face of what you'd have for us to do. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of how many times, even this week, that I made my own choices. So God, help us. as We might have revival in our soul, understanding who you are and letting you be the Lord of our lives. It is my prayer that if there's anyone here that does not have you as our, their Savior, that today they would come to know Jesus and establish that wonderful relationship. So you work in this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. But how wonderful it is to be born again and to have all of your sins forgiven. And to have a home in heaven. Amen to that. Is that not good enough for all of us? I'm going to heaven when I die. Body, isn't that good enough? It's better than enough. I'm going to heaven. And we have a God who loves us infinitely. Let's honor Him, worship Him, give thanks, praise Him for who He is. And trust in Him, whatever it is that you're going through. So whatever you might be going through, if you're not saved this morning, you're not sure you turned out, coming to the Lord. Let's stand to our feet. How big is God? He's definitely big enough to take care of all the things we need. I hope this message has grabbed hold of your heart as it has mine. Though man may strive, go beyond the reef of space.
said amen and amen if he doesn't live in your heart if you don't have that relationship with him oh would you come and make that relationship a reality then my friend if you struggle with worry anxiety frustration which that probably just named 95% of us you just remember how big God is and go to him with your prayers. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Next week we'll get into the bread stuff, okay? But today, God laid it out of my heart. We have got to understand who God is. Then the bread stuff is a piece of cake. Come back tonight, if you would, for our wonderful time with our mission. Oh, I'm telling you what, you guys are in for a wonderful, wonderful treat. I understand the teens have a BFG, the ladies' luncheon. It is going to be here next Saturday. Ever understand that? Where is it going to be? Here. All right. That's a change. We found out that there's some things missing at the Irving property that you ladies would find missing, and that's called bathrooms. And so we decided we better have it here. You know, sometimes we don't think through all those things, you know. I mean, what's a bathroom? But uh, when we planted it a year ago, we thought we had half bathrooms, all right? But, uh, oh, well. So other announcements, you can read them over. Is that the only thing up there on the screen? That's it. So you're dismissed. God bless you. Come back tonight. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Amen. I'm still looking for my 20 bucks, though. Yeah, yeah, from your hand to mine. <laughs> Who's this, Laura? Tim, we are honored to have you in our services. Thank you for coming. I trust the Lord will use some of the words we're spoken just to grab into our soul. You know, that's that's the best part is when He grabs hold of us and says, "Hey, there's some stuff we need to work with and deal with and everything." Okay. Well, amen, Tim.